Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. What happens in Faith School? It's where my spirit is fed. It's where my faith grows stronger. It's where I learn how to be an overcomer, to, to rise above it, the problem, the issue, the challenge, the need, to get over it, to be victorious. The scripture says, thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. He always, he always causes, me to win. causes me to win. Now that, that's if you will believe him and hold on to him and not quit him, not, not give up. And that comes back to our trust and, and perseverance in it. That takes strength. Where do you get that strength from? Well, from his word, from his spirit, from his things. Like Jesus said, you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you've if you got a big job to do or if you're fighting a fight to overcome some enemy and you go days and days and weeks and don't eat, well, you'll be too weak to fight off the, the enemy, the attack. You'll be, you can get so weak you can't get up and, and even stand up. Uh, well, the same thing happens spiritually. If you never eat, if you never feed spiritually, you get weak. And when you're weak spiritually, everything's, even little things, just seem overwhelming. And it's not because they're so terrible and so big uh, and that God couldn't do something with it. It's that faith is so weak. The weaker you are, the worse any problem seems. But when your faith gets stronger, when you get built up, and you get strong, what used to seem impossible seems entirely overcomable. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Reachable, receivable. So get your Bible, come on into the classroom, and let's get built up some more today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, thanking you, asking for quickening of the Spirit in our inner man and in our outer man. Fill us, Lord with your strength and your quickening power. Give us answers. Show us what to think, what to believe, what to say, what to do, that you might perform and confirm your word in our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look, please, in our text that we've been studying for several days now, in a series we're calling Faith That Overcomes, First John... 5 and 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Is that true? That being born of God and having faith can enable you to overcome anything, everything that could cause you a problem in the world? Man, if people really saw that, They'd be rushing for the word, wouldn't they? They'd be rushing to get born of God, rushing to get faith. It is true. 
It is true. Say it out loud. I'm born of God. I'm born of God. And I'm an overcomer. In Romans uh, 10, we saw this. He was talking about how you're born of God. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. And uh, then he also said in, in Romans 10, 15, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, bring glad tidings of good things. He said, they've not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah said, who has believed our report? And Young's literal says, verse 17, so then faith comes by a report and a report by the word of God. And here he's quoting Isaiah who was saying, uh, who has believed the report slash gospel, the report of good news? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Those who refuse to believe the good news, they won't see the power of God manifested. They won't see the glory of God manifested in their life. But those who do believe the good news, the good report, that's how you got born again. That's how you got started in the Christian life. Well, you saw the power of God when you were born again. And if you keep walking with him, walking by faith, living by faith, you'll see manifestations of his presence in your life, of his help over and over and over again. This is the victory, hallelujah, hallelujah. that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now we saw, go back, go back there again, Numbers 13, this classic example of a good report versus a bad report. That when the 12 spies came back from surveilling the, the promised land, Canaan's land, they, they showed the fruit they said, yeah, it's a good land that flows with milk and honey, but nevertheless, there's mountains there. Uh, uh, yeah, mountains. And giants on the mountains and walled cities, and we cannot take it. And Caleb jumped up and said, uh, we can take it. Let's go get it. The scripture said he had another spirit, a different spirit, and he followed the Lord fully. Well, they said no. Immediately, they said no, we can't. Verse 31, we, we're not able to go up against the people. Now, both of those can't be true, can they? We can do it. No, we can't. That's total opposite. Both of those can't be true. Which one was not true? We don't have to wonder. Because years later, their descendants went up and did it. Right? Their children... 40 years later, went up and took what they said they couldn't take. So it could be done. They just didn't believe it. For them, it couldn't be done because they wouldn't believe it. But it was prepared for them and given to them. But they didn't enjoy it. Is it possible that God's given you something and you not enjoy it? Sadly, it is. Because even though he has given us everything, by grace, it's already been bought. It's already been paid for. It's already been accomplished. It's already been given. Grace, though, God, though, does not receive it for you. He's given it to you, but he won't receive it for you. And, and receiving it involves overcoming 
You know, not because of God, because of the enemy. It wasn't God that they had to fight to possess the promised land, right? It was the giants. It was the, the occupiers. And the enemy is an um, uh, illegal occupier. And he doesn't want you and I to possess and dwell in and, and use and have everything that God wants us to have. Why? Because we're going to build the church with it. We, right? We're going to advance the kingdom with it. We're going to preach the gospel with it. And so, yeah, it's the enemy that wants you so sick you can't leave the house, that wants you so broke that you can't give and support anything or do anything or have anything. It's the enemy that wants churches, uh, you know, broken and dilapidated buildings and no resources and no funds. And you'll find unbelievers, they push this narrative. If any church or any ministry or any ministers have anything above bare minimum, oh, it's bad, it's bad, they're not holy, they're not real, the people of God. Yeah, but who wants the church broke? Who wants the preachers and the ministries broke and no equipment and why? Because you, you can't get out the gospel. You can't reach anybody. You can't publish anything. You can't air anything. No, that's lies of the enemy. God delights in the prosperity and abundance. He takes pleasure, the psalmist said, in the prosperity of his people. Amen. Like any good daddy would. Yes. Right? Like any good father or mother who loves their children, they don't want to see them eking out a bare, bleak existence. They want to see them abounding, flourishing, doing well. The Bible says the Lord will even give you richly all things to enjoy. He'll give you things you don't even need. That you just enjoy them. Do you believe it? Yes. Is God that good? Yes. Many people don't believe it, but we do. I said we do, and the Bible says that he is that good. Now what happened, it said in, in chapter 13, that verse 32, they brought up an evil report of the land. And they said the land through which we have gone to search it, it's a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. Now, the Lord never said that. He said it was a good land. In fact, let's, let's talk a little bit more about what the Lord said about this. Go to Deuteronomy. You're, you're there close by. What, what did God say about the land? In Deuteronomy, we'll, we'll look first of all. Well, I tell you what, let's, let's just get a little bit more on this. Exodus, back up a little bit. Hold your place. Go to Deuteronomy 8, and we'll, but we'll look first in Exodus 3. I'll just read it to you so we can move a little quicker. Exodus 3. When the Lord appeared to Moses in that burning bush, he told him he saw the affliction of his people in Egyptian bondage, Exodus 3 and eight. He said, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And the very next thing he says, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. 
to the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, it wasn't a total surprise that somebody was there. <laughs> he told them. Some folks were there, but he said, I have given it to you. Later on, he said that repeatedly, I've given it to you. But uh, this is back before any of the miracles manifested and the deliverance ever began. And the Lord is saying, I'm come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. That's not even the end of the sentence. And to bring them up out of that land into a good land. Everybody say good land, good land. And a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. That's why they kept saying milk and honey, because that's what he said all the way back. And this is a spectacular experience. This, these words are coming out of the burning bush. Good land. Somebody say good land. good land. Do you know that's always God's will? It's not just to deliver you out of bondage, but to take you into something good. Come on, can you see that? Not just deliver you out of the problem, but unto the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Into a large place, a broad place, into a land, a good land that flows with milk and honey. Now the reason what they did was so bad, and it's called an evil report, and the scripture said they had an evil heart of unbelief. Hebrews 3 says that. And that they slandered the land is because of what he had said about it. And he had said, you know, remember um, when the Gentiles uh, had received the Lord and, and Peter, right before they did, Peter had that, that trance on top of the house and the Lord told him, don't call common what I have called clean. Can you see a principle here? And we, we saw in Isaiah 5. Uh, don't call evil good. Don't call good evil. Don't call light darkness and darkness light. And what they called, the, they called the land that they had just spied a bad land that will eat you up. It's a land where you will die. It's a land that will consume you and devour you. You're like nothing there. You're like a grasshopper that they will just squish and and destroy. And they brought up an evil report of the land. They slandered the land that God said was what? God said, no, it's not a land where you'll die. It's a land where you'll live. It's a land where you'll thrive. Come on, can you see the difference? Does the enemy still do this? Trying to tell you that what God has for you is actually bad. No, that's bad, and you can't have it. And then what God don't want you to have, the enemy says, oh, yeah, I know this looks bad and it feels bad, but it's really good for you, and God wants you to have it. Lies. Mixing them up. Causing, calling good evil and evil good. And we prayed yesterday for the Lord to help us to know the difference, right, to discern the difference. In Deuteronomy 8 and 7, it says, for the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat 
and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein you will eat bread without scarceness. You will not lack anything in it. Is this the will of God? No lack, no scarceness, richness, abundance. Now listen, if God's will was minimalistic, bleak, barely getting by, then the wilderness would have been the perfect will of God from the start, right? Don't even bother about the promised land. Just stay right here, right? Because you'll develop so much more piety out here in this bleak, desolate, 125-degree desert. No, it was never the will of God. And them wandering around out there for 40 years, wasting their life, dying young, dying wrong. None of that was the perfect will of God. That was their choice because they would not believe the good report. They believed the bad report and wouldn't believe the good. And they actually believed lies about God's purpose and his will. We, We saw a few days ago. We looked in Deuteronomy 1, and the people actually said, it's because God hated us that he brought us out here to die out here. And one of their phrases that they were saying every other time was, we're all going to die out here. We're all going to die out here. And what happened to them? They all, and people say that that saying with your mouth stuff don't work. (laughs) Oh, it works, dear. It works Good or bad, good or evil. But did you hear that phrase? God hates us, and he brought us out here to kill. Now, you see, they're trying to to twist it, that they have some kind of a higher insight that, yeah, you know, God had an ulterior motive when he brought us out of Egypt there. Yeah, his plan all along was to drag us out here And kill us in the desert because he hates us. Now, it would would just sound bizarre if it wasn't so common. And that's what they believed and they wouldn't believe the truth. What was the truth? The truth was God cared about them. He only wanted them to have a nice place. No ulterior motive. No hidden agenda. No plans for evil. When they got comfortable and then wham. (laughs) Teach them something. Through a big dose of evil. These are lies. Now you're laughing. But this theology is taught. This stuff is interwoven in people's preaching. In churches all over. Folks are telling people that God was in that storm. That God was in that earthquake. God was in that tornado. God was in that car wreck. You don't understand it, but you know, it was his will. Was it? Was it? No. No. There's all kind of evil happening down here that is not the will of God. I said not the will of God. Keep reading here. He said, a land wherein you will eat bread without scarceness. You won't lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you may dig brass. When you have eaten 
and you're full, then you will bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. That's all he wanted them to do. Enjoy theirself. Have a good life. And don't forget to give him thanks. Is that right? Don't get, don't get off track. Don't get mixed up. Don't take it for granted. When you are enjoying all these good things, what do you do? You lift your hands and you say, thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you that we got our own place and it's paid for. Thank you, Lord, that we're wearing good clothes and eating good food. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we, are, we, we don't have want of any good thing. We're not, we're not experiencing any scarcity or, or, or lack. Thank God for the good land. Somebody say good land, good land, good land. He said, verse 11, beware that you forget not the Lord your God in keeping his commandments and his judgments and statutes which I command thee this day, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses and dwelt therein. Hold on, goodly houses. That sounds good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> goodly, goodly houses. Now there are people try to tell you, oh, you don't want that old big house, you know, because it could be bad for you. Uh-uh, goodly. <laughs> good, goodly. Uh, when your herds and your flocks are multiplied and your silver and gold, huh, huh, silver and gold, good house, plenty of money, surely that, that couldn't be the will of God. That couldn't be good, could it? <laughs> huh? Good house, good crops, plenty of silver and gold. Is that the will of God? Yes. Who's talking here? Him. He's saying, this is what I want for you. This is what I've prepared for you. This is what I've prepped for you. He said, the thing is, though, that when all this happens, watch out that your heart's not lifted up and that you forget God. Don't do that. And then down in the 18th verse, he talks about, because it's God that gives you the power. Hallelujah. To prosper, to succeed, to, to get wealth. In, in Deuteronomy 6, you might look also, Deuteronomy 6.10, he said, It'll be when the Lord has brought you into the land to give you great and goodly cities which you did not build. Cities already built. You just bring your, your clothes and move in. Verse 11. Oh, come on, keep reading here. Houses full of good things. Come on, say that loud. Houses, houses. Full, of good things. full of good things. What kind of houses were they? We already know. Goodly. Good, goodly house. This is not a shack. I said, this is not a shack. This is not a broken down place that you can't heat or cool. Or, huh? Goodly. And, and the houses are not empty. They are full of all good things that you didn't have to fill. Wells digged. You didn't dig. Vineyards and olive trees you didn't plant. And, 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 but when you eat and you're full, don't forget the Lord. Fear the Lord. Honor Him. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. 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 The good land. Man, I, I like talking about it, don't you? The good land. Let, go, go to Deuteronomy 11. I just want to establish this. Why was it such an evil thing? For them to slander the land. See there's, there's a lot more going on here. These things are types. 
of our redemption, of what we have in Christ today. And they're calling good evil. What God had planned for them was not evil. It was good. And they're saying, no, it's not good. We will die out here. It'll just consume us. We won't enjoy this. We will be devastated. We'll be destroyed. And that angered the Lord because it's just ignoring and rejecting his goodness and what he said. And it is casting dispersions on his character and is questioning his love. They said, no, he, he don't love us. He hates us. He hates us and he brought us out here to kill us. Lies. But he, could, he couldn't get them to believe that he was good. This is going on today. People have been told such terrible things about God. God has been misrepresented. He's been misrepresented from pulpits. God has been lied on. God has had all kind of evil things attributed to him. And, and people were told that he did it. And it was his will. And it's what he's wanted. He's been lied on. He's been misrepresented. What's the truth? Come on, class, help, help me. What, the, what is the truth? God is good. Hallelujah. Is there any evil in him? None. None at all. Deuteronomy 11, he said, verse 7, you, you've seen all the great acts the Lord's done. He said, keep his commandments, verse 9, you'll go into a land that flows with milk and honey. He said, for the land you're going to possess, it's not like uh, Egypt where you had to water it with your foot. They had to irrigate it. Uh, the land where you go to possess, it's a land of hills and valleys. It drinks water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord are always on it from the beginning of the year, even to the end of the year. If you'll hearken diligently to the commands I command you and serve him with all your heart and your soul, I'll give you rain in the land, the first rain, the latter rain. You'll gather in your corn, your wine, your oil. I'll send grass in the fields that you may eat and be full. Put all this together. Sounds like a dream. Is that right? A dream. Rich, lush, bounty, well-watered. Houses full of good stuff, vineyards, orchards, flocks, goodness. And they are dismissive and disrespectful and go, uh-uh, it's a land that'll eat you up. It's a land that'll make you die. They slandered the blessings of God. They, they disrespected the goodness of God. The Bible said it's the goodness of God. That'll lead and draw men to repentance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not all this mixed up confusion. God responsible for evil lies. Said out loud. God's a good God. He does good. His will. Is exceeding good. His goodness. Is beyond. What we have thought or asked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And our time's up again today. He is a good God. Believe it with all your heart and you'll experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. We'll see you soon.
back here at Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.